Listening to Skip Intro, I'm Lee Chuilin. In the studio with me today, Ian McNally and Julian Yap. We are still missing Bahi Yusuf, but we are thankful for the presence of Arvin Yuvaraj. I'm the Bahi for today. You are. Mm. Um, and you have been a couple of times this week. Um, yeah, yeah, a few times this week. We, however, today are talking about someone for whom there can be no substitute, um, because otherwise he'd pitch a fit. Um, and that is, of course, Sir Elton John. There are moments in a rock star's life that define who he is. What did you say your name was again? Elton. It's never gonna last. Just enjoy it while we can. So, um, in the latest of um, the kind of slew of musical biopics that have hit us, um, we have, of course, Taron Edgerton playing Elton John in Rocketman. Um, do we need to talk about the story or should we just dive into how everybody felt? I think we should talk a little bit about it because it kind of it does the thing that some other musical biopics haven't, which is it does focus on a kind of specific amount of time, which helps with these kind of things when you have someone with such a huge career and especially when Dexter Fletcher is directing the movie who also ended up directing Bohemian Rhapsody as well Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we have to... It's too close to release of Bohemian Rhapsody and in time and also the manager is the same in both movies. Yeah, because Blind Singer ran away like midway through production Mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this has a framing device of Elton Hercules John going into therapy for something and a lot of things and then flashing back to when he was five and then bringing up to the present day, which you're trying to figure out where the movie's going, when mm. the present, present day is going to be. So that's a fun thing that goes on. And it is not just a musical biopic, it is a musical. Like from the opening, he sees his five-year-old self, they go back to where he was from and himself and his younger self are in bright colors and everyone else around them is kind of, I think they start in black and white and then fade in and they have a dance number. Throughout the entire movie, you get little dance numbers where the music is just seamlessly put into the scene. You have all the the people in the scene around you just start, you know, they lift all the chairs up mm-hmm. and they, 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 they aid the dance number. And we talked about musicals earlier this week. And it's West Side Story <laughs> or Hairspray in a musical. And the second Taron Edgerton comes up on, on screen and when he's fully in it. It's like he, when Simba comes through the, the, yeah. the jungle in The Lion King. It was so unexpected and it was great such a big opening uh, it's very uh, across the universe yeah. in a way it's, it's, a, it's a mesh it's like a mashup of like a biopic and across the universe and it, but it taken has, down like maybe two notches two notches yeah <laughs> it's not as fantasy like it doesn't reach that levels of fantasy but it is very like biopic plus uh, across the universe and also it was way darker than I expected it to be like I didn't expect the movie to be that dark I thought it was going to be like Bohemian Rhapsody uh, like a tribute to Elton but it's more of a like if this was based off of a book that he wrote about himself. Um, and it's, it's warts and all. Yeah, with warts and all. And and since uh, it's produced by Elton, so I guess a lot of things are legit. It's not coming from a, like a third party source and stuff, um, which is nice. Uh, halfway through, I kind of went... I didn't actually sign up to watch something this dark and this like <laughs> melancholic. Really? But yeah, 
But then I kind of I I sort of went no. But this is what like celebrity life is like. If you want to see what they are like behind the scenes or behind the stage, if you want to peek behind the curtain, then you have to put up with uh, with you know the drugs and the vices and the sex and stuff. Um, and it's put be, up with for some people those are the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> watching okay, watching him suffer through it. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like watching him suffer through all his vices and, and struggle it's with soundtrack suffering. Yeah, yeah, a beautiful soundtrack suffering. And uh, so like after the midway point, I. Was kind of enjoying it even more uh, after sort of like knowing what the movie was was going for. Yeah, they really and they, you can't have the peaks that come later on without that. I mean, they choose the music very well that put through it. I don't think we can say the name of the first song you get in the movie because it's the B is back. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, which is an interesting choice to start your movie with. But like, we do get all the hits like Crocodile Rocks. The, we talked about the, the when Taron Egerton appears, it's two Saturday nights all right for fighting, and that sequence is just fantastic. It I is would the, watch the whole movie again just, just for, for that, that sequence. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And it's not there's a, there's I think there's one segment where they're passing through a segment of time. They're trying to they're speeding past stuff, and it does become stage musical. Yeah, where they're walking with he's walking with, with Boo Hiss, Richard Madden, and it's kind of like walking on tables, and you can actually see a curtain in the background, and there's a stage. But when they do Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, it's like they've put on an entire fairground and they're dancing through it and the entire, everyone in the place is dancing mm. and it goes into reggae it's some bit, which is yeah. a bit off, but then they start doing some Bollywood stuff and he's running from bikes and it goes to another scene and the whole thing just, it doesn't, in my mind, sometimes you get the idea that musicals can be a bit stagey. I think Mary Poppins, The Return, had a problem for me at that. At one point, everyone stands and faces the camera and dances to it. Mm-hmm. This felt like it was just moving. I think it's exactly what you want an Elton John movie to be, a biopic to be, because I don't, I mean, I don't even know that much about Elton John. I just know him, the idea of Elton John as a persona, as a person in pop culture, in, you know, the world. But the kind of idea that there's a point in the movie where a character says, you know, your music is so personal, but people love it. And it's exactly, that's exactly this movie. It's so personal. It's like unabashedly, unashamedly what it is. It's extremely cheesy at some points. There are points when um, you kind of get the ghost of girlfriends pass and they kind of like stand around you and everything. But it (laughs) kind of works because that's exactly how hammy you want this movie to be. It's extremely camp as it should be. And it works because I don't want to compare it to Bohemian Rhapsody, but I have to because can you imagine if Dexter Fletcher had actually directed the whole of Bohemian Rhapsody Mm. this is how good it could have been and how were the performances because I think that's the other thing right whenever we talk about biopics and especially biopics of people who are still alive I think then it becomes a little weirder as well Um, and so I'm assuming the performances were good everyone's kind of looking Taron Um, Egerton was incredible I think yeah Yeah. Have, have you seen like Jake Gyllenhaal in Prisoners yeah. Okay, so that was like my my turning point movie for him. Like after Prisoners, I went anything this guy is in, I will watch because of his performance. So this yeah. is uh that movie for Taron Egerton. Like like I think like he there are some scenes in the movie where uh he looks so much like Elton. I thought they used like, like maybe like Marvel Cinematic Universe tech, <laughs> you know, like just to like face morph Elton's face onto like Taron's face. It I think the budget for this movie was 40 million dollars. I think they only like they gave him a gap in his teeth and yeah, that yeah. was about it, but he just nails it. That is the prop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a, a scene in the movie where he's he's spinning around like a piano, um, and he keeps changing costumes as Elton. And some scenes, I I was almost sure that they use Elton in those scenes. Like maybe they swapped out like mm-hmm. photos of him or something because he looked exactly like Elton John. You know, I failed to ask you guys, Elton John fans, yes, no. 
Um, on and off. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. off. I counted. I know seven Elton John songs before this movie. Yeah, because yeah, I think I, I, I know him very well. I don't know if I love him. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, and I think that's the thing, right? Like for, for biopics, sometimes when you go in, it does feel almost like... Um, Either you have to love the the subject of the film or you're not going to go and you're not going to enjoy it. Or alternatively, it just has to be a really rollicking, kind of really fun film. Mm. And um, it sounds like this falls into that second category. Yeah, yeah. there are like 22 songs on the soundtrack, but it wavers, bet- for me, it wavered between I have no clue what this is to, oh yes, it's Crocodile Rock. Mm. I mean, you know mm. Crocodile Rock, you know Yellow Brick Road, even if you don't think you do. There's a very funny joke about Candle in the Wind, which I thought <laughs> was perfectly, kind of gave you an idea of the tone for it. It's like, we're aware of Candle in the Wind. We don't need to uh, go back on it again. It's yeah. become mockish They do the same with Can You Feel the Love Tonight. They do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was the opening of, of Can You Feel the Love Tonight. I think so, but is Disney just dancer? didn't give it a... Yes. Oh, there is okay. Tiny Dancer. And that's yeah. a... That's a good one as well. Yeah. I was writing in my notes, okay, we're getting, in time in my memory, we're getting close to I'm Still Standing. Where is this going to turn up? And when it turned mm-hmm. up, I was ecstatic. <laughs> yeah, There are scenes and where the music just works so beautifully. And obviously, it, it was chosen very consciously for these scenes. And um, there's one in particular, I don't want to say which one it is, because I think you should just go in and enjoy. But when I left the cinema, that's the only one I could think about because it was so well done. Taron Egerton, while singing, acted through his singing. Uh, the other scene partners were perfect in it. I, I think that was my favorite part of the movie. And I said before, I don't want to compare it to Bohemian Rhapsody, but in the way that Bohemian Rhapsody sort of relies on the music to sort of carry you through the movie because, well, the rest of it was awful and there's <laughs> nothing else there. This one uses the music to kind of punch up the performances and sort of give you, you know, Elton's music, just like, I don't even know that much of it, but that that feeling that you get from Elton's music, mm. they carry it forward in the film through the music. It actually advances the plot. Like the yeah. music actually like takes the plot from like point A to point B, then C, D, E and onwards. So without having to change the lyrics. Without having to yeah. change the lyrics. And sometimes they, they pick parts of the song that would work better for what, whatever he's talking about or singing about. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, and I don't know how Taron kept his face like Elton the whole time. <laughs> like I keep going back to, he had to do something with his lip yeah. uh, to make him look more like Elton. I don't know if it was like or prosthetics. clenching his jaw or something. Yeah, like clenching his jaw or something. But the fact that he just kept his face like that throughout every shot and like didn't break is I, I have no idea so anything this guy is in like from here on out I, I will watch yeah. and you know um, something that I think people are generally concerned about also because um, again not to bring it back to bow rap um, but there were some censorship issues so with Rocket Man then um, with a queer icon really um, where did we land I was surprised how much they left in. I mean, we're going to expect some censorship here in Malaysia. I did have uh, my sister tell me from Ireland, hello Fiona. Um, There is a card at the end where they usually have, you know, someone went on to become a successful accountant or whatever. There's a card explaining that he found love and had children in his later life with David Furnish. That's not there. Mm -hmm. But they left in, I don't think it impacted the enjoyment of the movie much. There's a scene where he's confronting somewhere, where he's admitting to someone who and what he is over a phone. And... They left in a lot there that I thought we wouldn't get. Yeah, and they splice like to the very end of it where he explicitly says, yeah. and you can see that there's a cut. But I think the local censorship guys have gone a lot better at editing, so you don't actually know mm. where it splices. Like before, when they cut something, you could hear like the pops in the audio and something like <laughs> a pop, pop, pop. And then you'd be like, I'm, I'm sure there was something there and you left it out. But I noticed at the end because the music skips a bar. It's always very ah. hard to do. And that's why if you're watching a musical and all of us, I think it was Mamma Mia, there's a slow motion scene in Mamma Mia. I still haven't gone back to figure out what they said 
centered because mm. they can't cut because the music will jump so far. Yeah. yeah. So they just slow down the scene and there's no other slow-mo in that movie. Yeah. Um, and then there's also a whole sequence with uh, Benny and the Jets. So that was removed. I thought that... So there's a scene in the movie where he starts to play it and you hear the first note and then it just goes to the like the next scene. Uh, so apparently that whole sequence and it shows him like, uh, you know, like his descent into like, you know, drug sex and all that stuff mm. uh, is completely removed from the movie. I think what they also did really well, because I think they knew that this was, the movie was going to go through this kind of treatment, was that obviously being gay, it's not relegated to just the sex scenes, right? Mm. Because sex scenes, yeah, you take that out and they've it might have been an editorial choice where they made it very easy to just lift out of the movie. But, you know, it's a, it's a lifestyle thing, right? So the way that they put forward how, they, how Elton lives his life is unapologetically gay. Mm. And it's little things with how he interacts with other people, with how he interacts with people who are his lovers in the film, um, you know, little nods to the LGBT community. That Those are things you can't cut out because it's part of the storytelling. And I think that was a conscious choice and it works really well, especially here. I'm excited that it's good. I think that's really all I'm getting. Um, we've been talking about Rocket Man, um, and up next we're going to be talking about, I guess, who we want to see get the biopic treatment. Um, because obviously, as as um, Arvin illustrated just now, sex, drugs, rock and roll, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the lives of musicians quite rich for adaptation. Let us know what your favorites are. Let us know who you think would make for a great film. Um, WhatsApp us zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. You can tweet us. Us, skip intro my and of course write us at movies at bfm.my bruce freddie morrissey bfm 89.9 Hello, you're listening to Skip Intro today with Lynn, Ian, Arvin and Julian. Um, we're talking about, we were talking about Rocket Man. So if you missed the review, you'll be able to catch that on podcast. Um, that's all available at bfm.my slash skip intro. And now for the second bit of the show, we thought we'd talk about just, look, so Freddie's come and gone. Um, we have now seen Elton John. Um, and rather than trying to predict who's going to be next, because uh, that's not as fun a game, um, Ian thought that what we would do instead is Pitch our own films, <laughs> pitch our own musicians. Um, so join in, let us know. You can WhatsApp us at 018-789-8899, tweet us at SkipIntroMY. Um, Ian, your game, you go first. <laughs> well, the one that stuck in my head first was, um, and I liked the band a lot, Weezer. So Act 1, hmm? The Blue Album. Like act 2, The Green Album. And then you have a choice on whether you want to focus down on Act 3 being the Red Album or you can then skip ahead to the Teal Album where they're now jokey old guys. Mm. And in the second act, you can have the band kind of falling apart. Rivers goes to Harvard, all the kind of struggles they have. So the, the band have, I think broken up and reformed multiple times so it has that ebb and flow built into it and, and like, then covered Africa yeah and then the, <laughs> that, that can be the that's your triumphant return to internet fame at mm-hmm, the end mm-hmm, yeah. as the credits roll I guess so that was what I was thinking for that um, Michael Jackson mm. like without a doubt Michael Jackson ooh yeah, I, I think... Who would play your Michael? Who would direct this film? What would it be like? <laughs> I thing. need to know everything. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't know who could play Michael. Like, it's a trilogy. I, that, it, it has to be a trilogy. But it's, it'll also be controversial. I don't think it'll ever be made, especially with all the stuff that has come out about him, allegedly that has come out about him. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know who would make it. I don't know who can make a Michael biopic. I don't know who can play Michael Jackson. But if someone nails that, then they deserve like every award in the world. Oh, that's all. All they have to do is nail Michael.
Michael Jackson. No, <laughs> no stress. <laughs> no, no, just play Michael Jackson like like the way he was, like that eccentric. Michael Jackson. This Good. is such a minefield. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. crazy. I can't even begin to imagine. Directed by Tom Hooper. <laughs> why not? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Why so not? So we've gone from dream pitches to nightmare pitches. Yeah. <laughs> Michael um, Bay. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's exactly that pitch, but there's a U.S. flag in the back of every scene. Of every scene, yeah. And there's an inexplicable name. The U.S. Army there. shows yeah. up. Yeah, a tale of two Michaels. Um, <laughs> Julian, your choice. I want to see Britney. I want to see Britney <laughs> on screen. I love Britney so much, and she's gone through so much. You know, we've been as humanity, as a human race, as our gen- our generation, our pop culture. We have been unfair to her, and she deserves our greatest love and appreciation and her apology because you know that's just how paparazzi and how the media was when she went through her her bad times but you know she was in, she her career started really young she had the whole Mickey Mouse Club thing so that's you know that's your first act you mm-hmm. know going it could be framed exactly the same way as Rocket Man mm. do the whole oh I'm looking back at my life and I went through these hard times do that Oops, I did it again. Perfect. She's like 16 or 17 years old. How is that like when she was in school? Crossroads. That happened. And then... Villainized Justin. I'm mm-hmm. ready for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. There's the whole the framing devices right after she shaves her head and she's just mm-hmm. considering her life up until that point. I would love to see that, especially if Britney was executive producer, because I want to see her version of it. Because <sighs> it was obviously a very tough time. We only saw it and we gave her a terrible time for it. And now at the end of it, she's living her best life. She's healthy. She's got a beautiful family. She, you know, she paints. She puts it on Instagram. She cooks. She puts it on Instagram and she loves, she's, you know, she's healthy. And her Vegas, her Vegas residency, that's one act in a whole thing. It'd be great. Call it one more time. Yeah. Just call it one more time. Oh, Brittany, the whole toxic story. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I would want. I want to watch like a meta commentary of her doing a thing about that every time video. Mm. Ooh, that would be yeah. That'd be yeah with like Stephen Dorff playing Stephen Dorff. Yeah, every time video. Um, the one with Stephen Dorff. I I never thought I would say it three (laughs) times in a row. It's the one where she's um walking through a hotel and fighting with her boyfriend and paparazzi, and then uh she gets into a bathtub. And I just like because you're talking about the paparazzi and how she had a tough time, but I think that might be the only video where the only thing she's produced that kind of talks about that a little bit. And so yeah, I'd be curious to see. Lucky was kind of about that as well a little bit, wasn't she? So lucky. Kind of but a lot side. happier. Yeah. 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 It just stopped in the middle of that video, like midway, and then you hear like the, the record scrub, like boop, boop, boop. You're probably wondering how I got here. And yeah. then it goes into like a, like, a, like a flashback. Yeah, one of those movies. Yeah. yeah. Steven Spielberg for the Michael Jackson movie. Yeah. I would love to see that. Steven Someone, Spielberg Steven's? for my Britney movie. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I can tell you in advance, I'm not going to call Steven Spielberg for mine. So, so you guys are good. Tussle it out. Um, I want to see, and I am a long-time apologist of this person. I will still continue to be. I want to see Kanye West. Mm. I think Kanye wow. West is like you have everything. Um, you have family drama. You have a mom who died and changed the course of his life. Um, you have a high-profile marriage. You have before that several high-profile breakups. Um, you have a current strange, strained friendship with um, a president. You have just mm. everything you could possibly need. And um, 
And I think it's an interesting story to tell about mental illness. It's an interesting story to tell about paparazzi, again, um, about kind of being black in America, about being talented, but also about being at its very base a very aggravating person. And so I, like, I'd be curious to know what you know, how that would go. And like, I think if it wanted to go a sort of more poetic route, then um, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a stereotype. I was thinking like someone like Barry Jenkins would be cool. Mm. Um, on the other hand, if David he Lynch. wanted... I was thinking Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> ah, oh, wow. So yeah. for the precision, um, for the kind of clockwork quality of his films, um, I think like a Kanye story, you need the aesthetics because the guy is all about the aesthetics. Mm-hmm. If you've seen any of his music videos, then you'll know. Mm. Um, he's very particular about how things look. I don't know who could play him. Mm. Um, you probably, probably need to find an unknown or something. Yeah. I think an unknown would be best. I think an unknown. And I haven't decided also, um, I mean, if I'm playing God in this universe, I haven't decided <laughs> how much I want Kanye to be involved. I mm. don't know if I want Kanye to exec produce. I don't know if I want Kanye to be there sort of, you know, sticking his hands in everything and making Donald Trump look more handsome than he needs to be because he's my friend. <laughs> you know, like... I, John I want, Hamm as Donald Trump. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I want a moment where, you know, he, he gives his wife... Kenny G in the living room with the roses. I just want all those, all the highs and lows of, you know, the Kanye-ness of it all. I forgot that was real. Yeah. That was real. <laughs> yeah. How did Kenny G leave? <laughs> so it's just, there's so many things. Um, the mm, my pitch, therefore, is, yeah, the Kanye West story. Controversy with the K. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. And, and you see why I do not want Steven Spielberg. But well, like, yes, sure. other than that, that's my pitch. Um, tell us what yours are. Who would you like to see? Do you agree or disagree with Weezer, Michael Jackson, Britney Spears, and Kanye West. Um, WhatsApp is 018-789-8899. Tweet us at SkipIntroMY and write us movies at bfm.my.